I think you feel the difference when it becomes compulsive, it becomes something I have to, I have to, and otherwise I feel bad about myself. It's a negative emotion. And But when it's a habit, it's a healthy habit, it gives you, it makes you positive, it makes you resilient, it makes you strong, it makes you optimistic, and it's like wind in the sails, it's the positive momentum. Welcome to the Bridging Podcast. It's your host, Özlem from Amsterdam. My guest today is Ari Boomsma. Ari Boomsma is father, entrepreneur, and an expert in health and fitness. Ari works since the 90s as a host for a variety of Dutch TV shows. He is the host of the podcast About Routines author of several books and he's also founder of the Fondel Gyms in Amsterdam, a gym which transformed the health of thousands of people and I used to kickbox there. Ari writes about healthy lifestyle, fitness, nutrition, sleep, daily practices for good health and most of all creating habits for long-term health. People in the Netherlands are familiar with his books, Fit, Beweeg means move, and full heart means perseverance. His newest book, 10,000 Stop a Book, in English, 10,000 Steps book, is just published. Agi and I talk about perseverance, goal setting, discipline, and prioritizing. When we say we are very busy, did we really look at our lives and prioritize the right things? Ladies and gentlemen, settle in. Here is Adi Boomsma. Welcome, Adi. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to have you here, actually. So my first question, what means perseverance for you? To do what you set out to do in the broadest sense of the word. So usually I write about health, about uh, movement, sleep, nutrition. Uh, a lot of times people, of course, have goals and targets in those areas. But perseverance is also, I want to learn Spanish. I finally want to write that book. I want to stop drinking. I want to eat more vegetables. All of that is perseverance. Uh, how do you come to do what you set out to do to uh, keep your eyes on the target? How do you come to do what you set out of to do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you have written this book. It's called Full Heart. In English, it means perseverance or persevere. Mm -hmm. So when you, were, uh, when you set out to write this book, what was it for? And what were you trying to change in the lives of people by writing I this actually, book? Uh, The book before this one was called Fit, and it was about small changes people can make in their lives to uh, live a more healthier life. And it was a success, you know, a lot of people liked it, and I liked it a lot to write about it. And uh, But then I thought, okay, now we have this healthy lifestyle, but how do you maintain the health, healthy lifestyle? How do you persevere in it? And, um, and also, of course, because a lot of people every year again, they decide, okay, this year I'm gonna, this year I'm gonna. And yeah. a lot of times people fail with that uh, wish of that goal. 
And um, so I thought I, I, I want to write about what it takes to do what you set out to do, what it takes to set a goal and actually persevere in attaining the goal. And um, it was a, it was an exploration as well. I have a lot of knowledge about it, you know, from just reading, from seeing, from experiencing, but I also wanted to explore in the book, what are the elements that, that make up perseverance? Uh, what is discipline? Mm -hmm. What is rhythm? How do you do it when it comes to nutrition, the movement? What are the anecdotes in my, my own life and my own experience that uh, can help people persevere? So the book is actually really about that, the, the small things people can change in their lives to uh, maintain vision on their goals. Yeah. You know, I have uh, just finished the book, actually, and what I really liked of it was the small daily things that you can change, remove or add into your life in order to really persevere. That's mm. what I liked of it. You know, I have read many different books about mindset, habits, for example, Atomic Habits, which I yeah, James really Clear. enjoy. James Clear, yes. But what I liked of it, for example, you wrote down, like if you uh, want to exercise more, you can do it daily with daily the little things. If you go to the grocery store and you want to buy a, a detergent and you can just squat down and get the, <laughs> get it from the lowest part. And then yeah. maybe people laugh at you and you will squat again and you actually <laughs> exercise already. And you show that also in your Instagram posts. Yeah. You know, for me, it's like people a lot of times say, they, uh, I'm training, I'm going to go training, I'm mm -hmm. training in the gym. But they forget to ask, why are you training? What are you training for? Mm -hmm. Athletes train for a certain uh, performance or a certain game, a competition, uh, Olympics, whatever. But we, in our, in, in, in our regular lives, we always we forget to ask that or answer that question. Why are you training? And um, I think if you... If you look at your life, do I have a sitting job? Do I have kids and need a lot of energy? Do I want to get old healthy? Uh, do I want to make sure that I don't have small little aches? There can be so many different reasons to train. And it's a, it's a good thing to view sports and training as something that really should support that kind of life. So mm -hmm. what you do... For, for a gym, for a club, for uh, climbing, rowing, cycling, walking. It can be anything, but it, it needs to support the lifestyle you want. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. So I, I like to always, you know, on Instagram or in books, give people all kinds of inspiration to, uh, to get the movement in everyday life. Yeah. That sitting up from, you know, if you sit and you stand up, it's a squat. If yeah. you get up from your back, it's a Turkish get-up. If you get up from your belly, it's a, it's a burpee. If you put something on the highest shelf, it's a press. If you push a person, it's a push-up. To look at movement that way and to see in all of my life, there's so many opportunities to move and to park my car away from the door instead of as close as mm. I can get to it. There's so much movement everywhere. and, and you need It's fun also to, to look at life that way. Is it also then again looking at a goal that you actually set out to do and then around that goal forming a lifestyle mm -hmm. which actually supports the goal? Exactly. There's three things actually when it comes to goal setting um, that are always the same. Whether you want to learn Spanish, uh, stop drinking, uh, move more, eat healthier, 
it's always three things. There's the goal. Yeah. There needs something. You need something. What is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to change? Something I want to aim towards. Then there's uh, the, the habits. Uh, the habits need to focus on the goal, obviously. And then there's your surrounding, your environment. And mm -hmm. in this environment, in your life, you need to make small changes that enable the habits focused on the goal. So there's environment, habits, goal. It's always the same thing. Do you think many people actually set very broad, abstract goals? Like, you know, for example, I want to be uh, muscled or I want to be skinny or I want to be healthy. But yeah, how does that actually look like? Yeah, yeah. And then they actually kind of uh, forget of the steps, how to get there or even get overwhelmed because they want that, but they have not thought about, okay, maybe I should uh, the intake of, uh, should reduce the intake of my the carbs or I should do actually more exercise. I should just sell my car, for example. I don't know, uh, these kind of things. What do you think about that? Yeah, the reason a lot of times that people have goals and they forget about them or they or they give up is that it's a new priority in a life that's already filled with priorities. Yeah. So it needs to be pushed and shoved kind of in between all those other priorities. And if you don't change small things, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And a lot of times people set a huge goal from never running to I want to run a marathon Yeah. from eating meat two times a day to I'm going to go vegan. It's too big of a change. It's too drastic. You know, Ariana Huffington from uh, the, the, the lady that set up uh, Huffington Post and now she has Thrive and she, yeah. she writes beautiful books. She has this method that the steps towards that goal need to be too small to fail. Mm. Uh, and I love that, that you break down what you want to do and make it make the steps so small that you can't fail and 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 there for me around the corner comes the, the whole thing about uh, motivation versus habits so a yeah. lot of times people wait for motivation i want to be inspired i want to i want to feel it before i can do it yeah it doesn't work motivation yeah. comes and it goes it's, it's not always there so it's safer to build habits and to make habits small for instance If you, uh, if you say, uh, I want to go run every day before work, mm -hmm. okay, that's a goal. But then you need to make the habits. Uh, you need to go to bed kind of early, maybe not drink at night. You need to set an alarm. Maybe you should put your alarm out of reach so you can't snooze. Indeed. Maybe you should put your running clothing uh, already on, on the chair so you don't yeah. have to look for it in the morning. Or maybe you should even sleep in your running clothing. Yeah. You want to make the obstacles small mm. and, uh, and and accessible or make, make the goal accessible. Yeah, for example, you know, during Corona, I, uh, I, I run a lot and uh, I'm very easily cold. But what I did in winter days, I put my running shoes on the heater at night. <laughs> so like when I went into my running shoes, I knew like it's hot, it's warm and I can just go in the freezing cold. Like that was awesome. one of the preparations. Yeah, I did. It's wonderful. <laughs> But that's a perfect example from changing small things in your environment. So yeah. you change some habits because you need to, you wanted to do it every day or you want to do it a lot. So there's, that's a habit. Huh? You, mm -hmm. And then you change small things in your environment like this one, because you know, 
If my shoes are cold and I'm cold, it's a huge obstacle. I need to take that obstacle away and make the goal accessible. It's it's beautiful, beautiful example. You were also writing in your book about habits stacking, and actually James Clear also write about that, like add a habit, add a, add a new habit to a current habit that you're already having. Yeah, how, yeah, yeah. how does that look like? Can you give examples of that? Yeah. So, for instance, somebody says, uh, oh, man, I'm too busy to go to the gym and I don't find space to, uh, to exercise. And um, sometimes it's easier to, to build those new habits and kind of glue them to things you already do. For instance, you brush your teeth every day. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can brush your teeth sitting against the wall. It's a great exercise for your quads, for your mm-hmm. legs. Or... I have to go to the printer at my job seven or eight times a day. You know what? I'll put the printer not in my workspace, but in another room or at a, at a, another story. So I have to move a little bit for something that I do every day. Or I eat lunch every day. You know what? From now on, every day, right after my lunch, I go walk for 20 minutes every day. Or I walk into the office of my colleague and she has this uh, big jar of candy there. And I take mm-hmm. a candy every day. From now on, if I walk into that office, after that, I will go walk, uh, walk the stairs yeah. two or three times. Yeah. So, so that's kind of gluing new habits, healthy habits to things you already do and that are already set. It kind of helps uh, because the other ones are rooted already in your life. You glue it on there and it makes it easier to uh, maintain. Yes. And what you also see often, like people want to change everything all at once and then they do it maybe one week, two weeks or three weeks. And then it's like, okay, go back to normal or to the routine that was already there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the routines that, you know, that's the thing about priorities. There are already so many priorities in our lives. you, You can really want something. But if you don't make space for it in your life, if you don't put it in the agenda, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's a very, very good thing because I actually have two calendars, one calendar for work and I have also another calendar for private things. And I put there every Sunday my weekly schedule in there. So I know I will go on Monday for that run, Wednesday for that run and all. And I even write down how many Ks. And it it was not like that in the beginning. First, it started with running Monday, running Wednesday, running Friday, running Saturday. And then it was, I found out like my body is better during the weekend. So I did my long runs then. And I did my fast runs on Monday. It was a start. And Wednesday, it was like, I don't want actually, but I I can do the 3K, for yeah, example. Perfect. perfect. Yeah, there was. A, I actually learned a lot at the Fondle Gym from uh, Mar Marvin. I think. Yeah. There, yeah. there's also the kickboxer guy, Marvin. Yeah, yes. Marvin looks like a Viking. Yeah, he does. He does <laughs> definitely. So about the goal setting, I also want to ask the question: Is having goals or trying to achieve your goals? Is there a fine line between achieving your goals and compulsive behavior? Because I can also imagine myself, I have a goal. Sometimes I'm so determined to get that goal. And while I'm going there, you know, sometimes I'm like, it didn't happen. And I want to go there. I just like, this is not healthy. Just stop. And then I just get rid of the goal. Really, really quick in between. Is it henna on your hands? Yeah, it is. It is. Ah. It is. I, oh, wow. 
my my mom is from a Turkish village in uh, in a very small village from Turkey, and they do it during Ramadan. So she did it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's true. You know, the difference I think is with when things become obsessive or compulsive, you start to suffer, and people around you start to suffer. It's like addiction. You know. Um, People say, yeah, sports is a healthy addiction. No, the word addiction is, is negative. It's uh, people around you suffer from it. It becomes compulsive is, is a negative element, I think. So they also in health, a lot of times people use terms like I have to, or I, I can't, or I mustn't, or I, I may not. It's very strict and it's very negative. And I mm -hmm. think it's, it's important to keep things positive. I can uh, I get the opportunity to, and uh, and when it comes to habits, I think it's easier to do stuff daily mm -hmm. than sometimes, or than Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, or it's easier to do stuff daily. Mm -hmm. And also because once it's set, it doesn't have to be compulsive because the rest of your calendar and the rest of your agenda works around it because it's already there. It's like a yeah. it's like an anchor that's set in the agenda already, and. Um, I think you feel the difference when it becomes compulsive. It becomes something I have to, I have to, and otherwise I feel bad about myself. Yeah. It's a negative emotion. Yeah. And But when it's a habit, it's a healthy habit, it gives you, it makes you positive, it makes you resilient, it makes you strong, it makes you optimistic. And um, it, it's like wind in the sails, it's the positive momentum. Um, but you can really feel the difference. And I think everybody knows you can try to numb it and try to push it away. Mm -hmm. but you feel the difference between obsession and a healthy habit. So let's say you set a goal and you start with fun, joy, you love it a lot. And then there comes a point that you feel that obsession, like I have to go for this run or, you know, I should go. Where did it go wrong is the goal too big or what changed in between you being positive joy and then being there at a moment that you're like now i want to i have to do it you know i find myself sometimes in these things not only with sports but also other life yeah, goals yeah. you know that you're having yeah. you start with super nice feeling and then after a while it comes like I actually don't want it, but I have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens yeah. there? What do you think? I think the the fact that you feel like you work with a checklist and the checklist itself, maybe it's comparable to wanting your email box, your inbox to be empty. The thing of being empty becomes the goal. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, that's not really what it's about. The inbox having empty is not important at all because mm -hmm. uh, you don't have the attention for the emails. You just want them out of there. And I think with health, it's the same thing. It, it can be checklist thing. If I have to do this every day, I have to do that every day. And we forget to ask why, why do I have to do it? Why, why is it my goal to run three days a week? What yeah. do I want to get from it? Um, and, and if the answer is, I just want to check it off. I just want to check it off my list. That's a negative thing. And it becomes compulsive. But if you say, no, I want it to have more energy. I want it to be more positive. Am I more positive right now? No. Well, maybe I need to adjust. And um, so I, I think that. it's really, really important to check your emotions. And, and it mm -hmm. can help 
to have a, uh, a diary, you know, uh, daily notes, mm -hmm. and to write down with pen. Uh, you can have a digital one too, of course, but to 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 note down uh, the way you feel about exercising, the way you feel about eating, the way you feel about your sleep, uh, about the components that make health, or if you have certain business goals, it can be about meetings, it can be about uh, targets. How do I feel about it? How do I feel today? It's so important to keep checking that because then you know I'm on the positive side or I went running, didn't feel good after. Yeah. Well, then you have to ask the question, why? Why is that? I didn't sleep well. Okay, that might be it. Or it becomes compulsive. Okay, you need to change something. Yeah. Maybe I should go walking for a while instead of running or, uh, you know. But to check in with yourself, how do I feel today? How do I feel after doing this? How did I feel before? That's very relevant. Yes. You know, in addition to that, a very good friend of mine said, like, the goal, what you're having is also so important, how it makes you feel. Like, if you have a goal of like, hey, I want to look this body type, that's another goal. Then if I am a healthy person, I want to contribute to the world in a better yeah, way. Yeah. That's such yeah. a broader goal that you think <laughs> like, if I go for the run, I am a better contributor or I, I am a good contributor. And yeah. it doesn't mean you're not a good contributor if you don't go, but you know you do it for that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. such a, yeah. it makes a, such Huge a difference. difference. Yeah. And I think external goals, like uh, the way you look, I want to have a six pack. I want to have a bikini body. I want to uh, be able to wear this. They're superficial goals and they, they're kind of an illusion. You know, sometimes we think if I look like that, I'm happy. And it's never that way. It's never good enough. When you look like that, you think, oh, maybe this or maybe that, or maybe I should change this or it can be a little better there. Or um, So those are usually not very good goals. I, I like to see the way you look so, so the outside is more of a is more of a consequence than a goal. So, if I have muscles to show, it's a consequence of how I train and live. It's not my goal to look mm -hmm. like that. My goal is to have energy, to be positive, to not be sick, to uh, keep up with my children, to yes. learn new things. Uh, those are the things I want to get from sports, and yeah. the result, the consequence, is that I look a certain way but when that becomes the goal it's hard to hard to measure you know it's hard to measure i start today i want to have a six-pack and in two months i'm gonna check in and how am i doing i, I don't know so goals are good if they if they can be measured they're good if they're positive they're good mm -hmm. if they're not about appearance usually yeah, yeah. Don't go anywhere, here's a message from our sponsor. Do you have a desire to level up? Do you have some emotions that you have been holding on to? When is it time to level up your self-leadership, to change and aim for the stars? Isn't it time to unlock your full potential and stand in your own power? I offer one-to-one -one coaching to people that are ready and willing to level up in any dimension of their life. Check out what other people say about working with me. Visit ozkanozlem.com slash coaching to find out more. The change is in your hands. Let's make it happen. So you write in your book, Full Heart, Perseverance. Do I translate it that right, actually? Is that what yeah, you meant? Yeah. 
Okay. It's, a, it's an old-fashioned word uh, in Dutch, actually, volhard. Um, and it means to persevere, yeah. It's a... Mm. Uh, Volharding, perseverance. Hardening. Yeah. So you you wrote down you won't get self worth and confidence out of perfection, but you get it by accepting imperfection. Yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah, I think. See, a lot of times when it comes to the health genre, the health uh, industry, it's it's an industry where the way you look is is a huge indicator. So a lot of people are especially occupied with the way they look yeah, and the way they compare themselves to others. And, but it doesn't make you happier. Of course, it, it, there are too many examples of people that once they do have that six pack and once they do have that perfect shape for a bikini and they still, they're not happy because happiness comes from something else. Happiness comes from sharing, from connecting to people, from, yeah, doing stuff together from learning new things from you know it's a completely different arena and um i think when it comes to the way we look at ourselves it's so important to accept who you are how you are to learn to love yourself apart from the way you look so this is me i'm, I'm satisfied with me i love me it's, it, it even sounds weird because we, we're scared to say it yeah and the way you look has nothing to do with that. Nothing. So I hear some of the Dutch listeners, you know, they might say like, hey, Ali Boomsema is saying this, but, you know, in the society, Dutch society, he is known as one of the most handsome guys. <laughs> so it's easy to say it for Ali Boomsema. Did you yeah. ever, did you ever feel uh, maybe years ago, like like the, that you were looking up to other guys, other people like, hey, I am not good looking or I need to get more muscles. I need to train for this. Or is this was this always like that, that you felt like my happiness does not come from how I look? No, I think, you know, when puberty hits and your body starts changing and um and I looked at, at movies like Rambo and uh, and, and Rocky and yeah and Ivan Drago in Rocky and I and I thought oh, okay when my body starts changing I can be muscular and I can be big and it's manly and uh, so when you're a kid of course that's important and when you start training and you start wearing tight shirts to uh, to emphasize muscle and uh, vascularity and so yeah it's it sounds harsh to call it childish but I. I think it's a natural process that you need to go through mm -hmm. and um and even even later in life you know I, uh, when i <laughs> i was on the cover of men's health five mm -hmm. times and every time I, I trained for it because i wanted to look a certain way because there even though i have all this experience about it i still get tempted to 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 emphasize on the on the outside for something like that it's a bit of vanity as well Mm -hmm. And and still today, you know, I can look at a, at, at a certain body of an, an athlete and think, wow, wow, you know, so it's always there. And I think the key is to uh, not let it get you down and not be in competition with other people and not think that a certain body type can, uh, can make you happier or can change the way you feel about yourself. It doesn't work that way. So, yeah, for me. I've I've also known those those sides, and of course, 
other people can say, ah, you look good. And, and, and as a kid, you can still doubt that. You can still say, oh, man, I have such a long neck. Or, oh, man, my, yeah. uh, my ears are flapping. Or it's, I, I know some people that are absolutely gorgeous on the outside and that are very insecure and very unhappy. So, yeah, it's always other people's opinions about you that, uh, you know, that they can, they can say, yeah, he, he's, it's easy for him to talk about that. But yeah. it's never like that. It's never. Oh. Yeah. Okay. About discipline. Yeah. Uh, you say discipline is the art of focus, your attention on things you want to see growing. Yeah. What does discipline mean to you? I think it's something you can organize, first of all. So it doesn't have to be a character thing. I think discipline is completely bound to environment. For example, we always talk about Marines uh, or commandos. In the morning, 4.30, running through the woods, doing push-ups, very disciplined. But when they go on leave to their wife and children, mm -hmm. they don't get up at 4.30 in the morning. So their discipline is set to that environment. Yeah. Uh, what we've all noticed during COVID, uh, when we can't go to the gym, it's hard to keep moving because we're, we're used to stepping in certain environment where the discipline is easier because there's a lot of people there doing the same thing and there are trainers there to motivate you and and there's a, a doorway that you step into and your body knows your head knows okay when i step into here i'm going to do this so it's all environment so discipline and environment are intertwined that's one thing and i think discipline can be a character thing but i don't think we should expect too much from things like discipline and motivation it's just better to build habits and to uh and to try to set things in stone in your life. And uh, instead of expecting, oh, I have discipline so I can do this. Yeah. Do you train discipline? Is, is it trainable? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And um, the thing is, a lot of times we have discipline in certain areas of our life and we miss it in others. I, I was, to pro when I was promoting this book uh, at a radio show in the morning in the, on Dutch radio, And they said, ah, oh, yeah, because we want to train, but we don't have the discipline and we always give up. And, and I said, okay, wait, we're in the morning show. You start at five in the morning every day. How many years have you done this? Wow, two and a half. And uh, has anybody ever been late? No, no, nobody's ever been late. Yeah. So I said, okay. So you get up every day at four to start the show at five. Nobody's ever been late. That's discipline. So you have it already. So you know how it works. And now it's a challenge to translate it to other areas of your life. Mm. And, and the things they could learn is they have certain habits. They set their alarm. Uh, they have an environment that they work into. They step into the studio like a gym. They do stuff together. That's important. They share stuff. They love their work. It's all elements that you can learn from and use in other areas of your life. But we usually have discipline, for instance, in our work. The first step will be then recognizing the discipline you're having in areas in your life. Yeah, and also kind of exploring what works for me. So why is it that, I, that I'm never late at work? Mm -hmm. Why is it I'm never, I never miss an appointment if I have a, have a date with friends? Why is it that I'm, you know, so, so there, what is it that works for me? And uh, that's always trans translatable to the rest of your, of your life. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I also think the more discipline you train, it becomes a routine. 
Yeah. And then, and you know, all of a sudden you already do it. My, my mom, she, she grew up in this village. She was on a farm and she woke up every morning with the azan when it was dark, you know, in Turkey. It was 5, 5.30. She doesn't even know, you know, what time it was. When the azan went on and then she woke up and she cleaned the yards and then she started preparing breakfast for everyone and also prepared uh, lunch boxes for people that would wow. go uh, to the lands. Yeah, but yeah. nowadays, you know, she doesn't work. My mom never actually wor- worked. She worked a lot as a mom, by the way, that's yeah, yeah. not a full-time job really, but she never works somewhere else than the house. And she still wakes up 5.36 every yeah. single day without an alarm. Used to it. Oh man. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. she started as a discipline. She had to do it because, you know, yeah. people were waiting for breakfast, lunch boxes, and now it just became a habit. She's 60 and she does it for maybe, I think for sure for 50 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. But that's exactly how it works. You know, we don't think about brushing our teeth every day. We don't think about taking a shower. We don't think about the way we tie our shoelaces. It's all set. We've had a lifetime of adjusting to it and, uh, and building it into our habits. And yeah. then, the hard thing, of course, is to make new habits uh, get to that point. Uh, that's, of course, the challenge. And and the thing is, it sounds simple if you said just start doing it, but it it, it really is that way. It, it's you don't wait until the uh, situation is perfectly uh, okay for it. Yeah. You know, you don't wait. You don't have to get in shape before you go to a gym. You just go. You had Seth Godin on this podcast, and he always yeah. says, "Just get it out there." and that's the thing that's a, it's the same thing with everything you just start start today but you do have to, to make certain adjustments in your in your lifetime don't wait for motivation don't wait for inspiration don't wait for the right shoes don't mm. wait for the right environment don't wait for the right shape don't wait for the right condition start today but you you have to make certain adjustments in your life if you want to persevere in doing it yeah but you can start today Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Seth Godin also said, like, you will start making a podcast one year later, you will listen to the first episode. You will say, like, was it me? Was it me? (laughs) And then, you know, you are, I think, on the um, uh, Dutch TV shows for the past 20 years, maybe even longer. Even yeah, longer, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, when yeah. I was a child, I was uh, watching. I, I think so. I'm not fully sure. 98, 98 for the first time. Yeah. So it's, it's more than 20 years. Yeah. When you also, you started also somewhere. And if you would maybe listen back, mm-hmm. do you laugh at yourself sometimes or like, hey, oh, it was yeah. me. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You know what it is? There's a, there's a process there as well that, um, when you start something, you usually copy what you think other people are doing well. Yeah. So I was looking at people around me on the radio and on TV, and I was copying the way they spoke, and they had this radio voice, and it was all very spectacular, and I was I was mimicking. Yeah. And um, at one point, you feel, okay, I'm kind of adjusted in this new environment. Now I can find my own signature. Uh, this right. is who I am. And a lot of people don't ever get there, and they keep doing what's adjusted and when people meet them in real life and they're like oh, you're a completely different person so the biggest compliment you can get when you work in media if people say oh you're just like you're on tv but in all processes it's the same way when you start writing you think oh, i have to i have to write like this because that's uh, what i like to read or 
when I make art, I make art like the, the artists I love. Or when I um, think of campaigns in marketing, I make campaigns like the people I admire. And at one point, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling, okay, what do I think? What do I yeah. feel? What do I like? What do I think is important? What is my road? What is my path? And, um, and that's an important point, and, and it's very worthwhile to keep looking and keep uh, um, aiming for that point and, 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 and searching for it, because it's such an important thing to feel like things are right. You know, this is me. This is my tone of voice. This is yeah. my way of doing it. And actually, along the way, especially at the start, there are so many people you can look at and try to see like how do they do it maybe you copy once twice the three yeah. times and then yeah. you know along the way you find your voice whatever that yeah. voice is it is you it is Ari's voice Uslem's voice anyone yeah, exactly. else's voice exactly about priorities um Ari so you mentioned that being busy can tell us that we might not be good at prioritizing things in our yeah. lives yeah so it is a little bit connected to the goal setting part. You know, I give you an example from my own experience. Like with my training, I'm super prioritized. You know, I can cancel anything. I need to go to training, you know. I need, yeah. I will meet later on because first I need to train. Or now fasting, nice. let's say the Ramadan. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't, for one month, I don't train. So everything i i don't meet for dinners or walks maybe walk in the morning because i'm on ramadan but on some other parts especially the email box needs to be empty you know and then you're so long busy with email or other things that you are actually not you did not prioritize so how can we prioritize our lives in a way that we feel we are living a fulfilled life and the goals we have set out there are reachable and achievable. I think it starts with uh, being aware of how much we do on other people's agendas. So the mailbox, you're saying that people can just be uninvited into your life and, and make you spend time with them yeah. <laughs> actually by sending you an email. Right. That's one thing. WhatsApp is the same thing. It's a lot of times people ask us, okay, can you help me do this? Can you, can you be there? Can you do this? Can, there, a lot of times we're spending our time on other people's agenda. So if you don't prioritize what's important to you and put in your agenda, uh, what you want to do on self-development or what you want to do to work towards a certain goal or to work towards a certain dream or, or ambition. If you don't put that in your agenda, the entire time is going to be eaten up by other things that are possible to be done. For me, that was one of the most important things to put training into my agenda. Yeah. It's there every day. It's there. It cannot be washed away. It's there. But also, I want to put in my agenda time to read every day or to meditate or breathe. And there are certain things that I just need for self-development, to read, to do research, to, to view things people are making, you know, to... To work on self-development so to prioritize those things first and then see how much time is left over for all the other stuff so for instance email i think for most of us that are somewhat overwhelmed by how much mail there always is yeah it's very worthwhile to think about an auto reply where you, where you say okay uh, i'm working on this and i'm working on this so uh, it might be a while before you get an answer 
Or you can even try to answer in the other reply and say, uh, I'm not taking any other jobs right now, or mm -hmm. I'm not uh, planning, or it's Ramadan, so I don't uh, do any appointments and I don't do this and this and this. Um, sorry for not replying, but it's not personal. You yeah. know, there can be an yeah. auto reply on your mail and it, it can save you so much time. And that's one example of prioritizing. It sounds a bit egocentric. Yeah. But you need to prioritize the things that are important to you first before you give all your time to other people because they will take it. Yes. For one example, when my daughter was born, I had, uh, I had planned two entire months free time. But the day my wife was in labor, I got, a, I got a voice message from one of the producers I was working with saying, hey, can you um, um, do a voiceover? It can be on your phone. We need it by six. Um, and I thought, okay, that was for me it was such a clear, during labor this happened. So it was such a clear example of nobody else is going to be guard of my time. If yeah. I'm not guard of my time myself, yeah. nobody else is going to be it. And it's, yeah, it sounds egocentric, but it's very important to prioritize things you want to do. I actually don't really think it's egocentric at all, because by prioritizing your time, you get a better version of yourself, whatever that yeah. is. You know, when you spend time with your family, with your wife, with writing a book, with doing research, with doing self-development, and then Uh, via that you get you contribute better to the whole world actually yeah yeah true. If, if you look yeah. at it this way do you also think we should plan in our calendars some spontaneous moments like because you know i love to wonder just you know just walk around talk to people yeah. that's really my mediterranean side and sometimes i really plan it on sunday like nothing And then things will pop up. You just go outside, you meet people or not. Or you you just look at the buildings, you walk in the nature. Is that also something planable or should we do that? Yeah. Actually, I think if you set the other things in stone, uh, there's a certain rhythm in your days that really gives you a lot of space to do other things. It's The feeling of being overwhelmed is usually because the things are not set in your agenda. And, and in your head, it's like, oh, I got to train. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to answer that mail. And it's all cloudy in your head mm -hmm. because there are so many things you need to do. And But if you see them in a list and in an agenda, it actually opens up. And if you know, okay, I'm working out every day, only half an hour, but it's every day. Okay, that's set. That's gone. It's not space in my head anymore. Right. And then... If I know this and I have all these things set, then I know, oh, okay, every day there's like two hours to just wander around, drink coffee, meet friends. And um, it actually, a set rhythm opens up a lot of time. And, and, and a lot of times people are afraid of rhythm and routine because they think, yeah, there's no room for impulse actions or right. impulsivity. But think of it as traveling to work. From your house to your work, it's the same thing. It's the house, it's the work every day. But you can take it all kinds of different ways. And um, and that's what rhythm is. It's the same thing every day, but there's a lot of different ways to fill in the days around it. And, uh, and that's what I like about rhythm and, and structure. Rhythm and structure. I would also say Tim Ferriss, for our work week, he talks about mm. it like 
Many people think four hour work. He actually plans everything in the four hours. So he has time left for to do research, to do spontaneous things, to work on other side projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the question people say, uh, how you doing? And they say busy. Oh, man, I'm busy. And they think that's a positive thing. Hmm. And one thing we can learn from uh, the, the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss is that it's actually more of a positive thing if they say, oh, you know, I got it. Yeah. I'm working a few hours every day and uh, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm ambitious, but I do have a lot of time to do stuff that I think are important too. That's yeah. a much better answer, actually. Yeah. If we would actually leave our phones a little bit behind, maybe we get more work to do. But I think yeah. many people, including myself sometimes, that phone during night, really putting it in another room, everyone knows it. Everyone knows screen yeah. time is bad for you or it, it disturbs your sleeping rhythm. Yeah. But we, we still do it. But you know what can help? To buy um, an alarm clock and not the old-fashioned, not that one, but uh, you know a more subtle one, a nice yeah. alarm clock yeah. in your bedroom so you don't need your phone to know what time it is or to, to have uh, an alarm set. That way you can leave your phone in the in the living room or in the bathroom. And then you still know what time it is if you need to get up. Uh, but you don't need the phone in your bedroom. Don't go to bed with your phone. <laughs> yes. Or or take off the cable of the Wi-Fi. So, you, yeah. know, you know, there's no internet. <laughs> you cannot yeah, yeah, go yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. So, Agi, you have studied six years in the U.S., you know, you study psychology and communications. And then after you came back, you started your career in the Netherlands. And we learn a lot from you around, you know, health, exercise and many actually other things. I still love your TV show Over the Strape. It really oh, yeah. touched my heart a lot. I was teaching that time in Istanbul at the international school and I watched it. It's amazing. I loved it so much. But Thank do you, you have plans to go international or did you already go international like you know what i hear i hear this from you and i read a lot of books from american authors a lot because they really inspire me and also because i lived seven years abroad and i was used to reading in english so these books came to my hands again the environment my environment was when i went to the <laughs> library the books were in english or in turkish or danish and in english so i took the english one and these were american authors but i would love to see you actually also at you know at i don't know any other american british or any other in other countries and do you have plans towards that i don't actually <laughs> no okay. i um I, I love reading American uh, books about these subjects as well and listening to podcasts about uh, these subjects. And then, but I don't, for me, the Dutch market is so vast and so big for, uh, and, and so much to be explored yet that um, I am perfectly fine with just aiming to that audience and um, to have gyms in the Netherlands. And I would like to have more gyms because I think we have a beautiful concept with Vandal Gym and so we're building with that of course and, and there's room to expand with the books you know um, if a book does really well like my best sold book was like um, 80 or 85,000 copies uh, that's a lot in the Netherlands but there are 17 million people here so there you know there's, there's so much more room to 
to, to reach more people here. And also, I kind of want to, in my ambitions, I want to always feel like I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm challenged enough and I'm, uh, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing and I don't want it to be about more, bigger, bigger audiences uh, worldwide. I love it when people are ambitious like that. And mm -hmm. I am very ambitious, but I want to guard myself for wanting too big, too fast, too much. And there's much more to be done in this country for me. Mm, nice. So where can people find you? The Dutch people, but also the uh, my audience that is from other countries. I have Instagram. It's uh, Ari Boomsma Instagram. I put it in the episode <laughs> notes. Yeah, do that because <laughs> Ari Boomsma Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the main one. I have a website, but it's in Dutch. It's uh, Ari Boomsma. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the two things and uh, my books are not translated in, uh, in other language uh, okay. yet <laughs> yes no it's, it's, it's like I said it's not an ambition to go uh, to go abroad so I hope you know if people are listening from from other countries I think you, you mentioned some books like James Clear uh, with Atomic Habits it's a beautiful book Jilla Duckworth with Grid is a beautiful book The work by Seth Godin uh, that I've known, I know you are familiar with. There are so many podcasts and things in this genre that are beautiful to listen to and, and inspiring that uh, I hope they can dig those up as well. Yeah. Cool. And that they've enjoyed our conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy a lot. Thank you so much, Ari. I loved it. Thanks for making the time. Thank you and have fun. Yeah, Go don't ship it. it. Go ship it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, please leave a review. You can find more about my mindset coaching, book the students and daily blog at ozkanoslem.com or my Instagram ozkanoslem. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. Oz